ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt. thinking I was a human being, okay? No, you're the Ford Pinto of the show. If I called you human <laughs> being, you know what movie character I compare you to, and you don't like that either. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. And this is the way the summer ends. Not with a, not with a whoop, but with a, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's been, it's been a little weird, uh. You know, we're we're post-COVID now, and, and, like, there's hardly anything that has made me want to go to the theater. Dummy, a lot of these are the big tent poles that were announced back, well, before COVID, but didn't escape until now. Right. You know, uh, know, as I look back, I, I think, you know, what what actually was released? I don't even know. Oh, I, mean, I got a funny. list here, and uh, no, we'll I know go you got a list. But really, even if I could go to the movie, the only thing there'd only been like two or four movies I would spend my cash. Well, well, the spring started out good. We had Cocaine Bear. We had Rimfield. We had Sisu, Sisu, which I want to see badly. I mean, any movie where it's like an undefinable word in Sweden, which means you pissed me off so much that I'm determined to come, you know. Yeah. Any movie where a guy throws a mine. And another one face just a blow, and it blows his head right off. I'm there. Yeah, I'd agree. 
And at least they kept great pace. In the final action scene, before we get to the before they get to the final action scene, it's just oh god, it's like he's gone through all this shit in three movies, and then he's at this bottom of the place he's supposed to go up, and it's like, which one of you will be the first to go up these one thousand stairs? And then you see looking this way, it's like oh god. Yeah, is that a Game of Death reference? It has to be, right? No, it's just this very long stairway he has to fight his way up. No, and but that's Game of Death. That's, the, that, that's Bruce Lee. That's what he does. Bruce at the Lee end was of Bruce... a tow- is a tower. The original idea no. was supposed to be a tower with five okay. floors, each of them representing one level of uh, zen. You know, zen, right. you know. But let's see, uh, what's his name? My boy from uh, uh, the undefeated Scott Atkins is fucking great. He would make a hell of a kingpin if you watch. Yeah, that's what I understand. And of course, the guy from the Ip Man films and uh, Donnie Yen, right? Donnie Yen, oh, of course, he's fucking great. Yeah, I and in this one, they have them fighting in uh, traffic in a car, and guess what? what? They get hit by cars. No movie nice. crap is boom. Oh, but yeah, that one was uh, good. Sisu, I definitely want to see because it just looks so over the top in there. And Cocaine Bear was definitely over the top. Oh, that was fun. I, I have to admit, that was fun. So was Renfield. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Renfield did not do well in the box no. office. It's a shame. And what's that, what most people really didn't get is how it turned from sort of a gothic horror film of the first quarter of the film, which is about 25 or 30 minutes, into a J. Hong Kong action film for the last 90 minutes of the movie. And by the way, the other thing I want to say about that is Aquafina is great in that movie. Oh, and uh, uh, Nicolas Cage plays a good Bela Lugosi Dracula. Yeah, it does. The best moment between him and Grenfell is when they recreate the Scene where Renfield first comes to the castle from the from Paramount. Yeah, that was just beautiful. Oh yeah, I mean they did they did a lot of of really good throwbacks to to the whole you know universal mythology, uh, and and uh, I thought it was I thought it was a little fun. I thought it was a little protracted, maybe, but it was still fun. Same with with uh, cocaine bear. I thought it just went along too long, I think. But that's me. Well, Renfield did go too long, and it really wasn't enough with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He only had, like, one really big fight, two really big fight scenes in the whole fucking movie. 
I think he was only in it for like about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. You know, and part but of that then... is he, he's in CGI, you know, when he's recovering and, and that sort of thing. He's all burned out. I love that. Master, are you all right? No. <laughs> and you see him and he looks like this barbecue chicken. And, but to start the summer, we got Guardians of May with Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which... Which I, I'll watch at one point or another. I'll watch, but Marvel Burnout is hitting me bad. I agree. And James Gunn acting like a dick doesn't help either. <laughs> well, he's now with DC. Yeah. You know, he, he, he quit my voice with DC now. And then we got uh, Love Again, which is this remake of a German romantic dramedy stars Piraka Chapa Jonas as a woman grieving her easily deceased fiancé who continues sending text messages to his friends as a way to cope. Though the journalist who inherited the number comes intrigued by her, and enlist the help of his latest subject, Celine Dion, to meet the woman sending the track. Oh, I have no interest in that, please. That sounds like a remake of uh, City of Angels, the original German version. Oh, you mean Wings of Desire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna no, you do not touch that film. Okay, Wings of Desire is is a fucking masterpiece. You don't touch it. Uh, we got Book Club, which is another Grannies Get Horny movie. Nothing. I don't know why that's so popular nowadays. Because we got the one, uh, 40 for Brady, which was supposed to come out the year that Brady won his last Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You were talking 80 for Brady. Yeah. Yeah, that's on and, Netflix now. I have no interest at all. Yeah. Uh, Rally Road Racers, which is another ripoff of Cars. And the movie called, ooh, Blackberry. Guess what it's about? The Blackberry. Yeah. That does not sound like interesting movie material. Unless they bullshit well, it up to make it like some kind of political intrigue. Rather than well, just... you know what? There's, there's a whole slew of those. Okay, yeah, there's, I know. There's, there's, there's a whole slew of those. And, and I don't know why it's a thing right now. But it is. You know, they got the Blackberry... You got you got uh, Tetris. Uh, Tetris. You know you got all those films coming out. Even even the the company, the Ray Kroc film. Okay, but yeah. go ahead. Here's the one that one of me and Carl's biggest disappointments of the summer, and that's Hypnotic. Oh, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. Cool. It has Jackie Lee Hurley. William Fickner is the bad guy. Oh, and Ben Affleck, and why did this turn out so mad? I haven't seen it yet, but I remember being being up for it, but then you told me, uh-uh. 
Yeah, just what happened to if I ever met him, first thing I'd ask, and I wouldn't mean to, is what happened to you, man? You, I'd be saying the speech from Jackie Brown. <laughs> what happened to you, man? You used to be so cool. You used to be tight. You know? Yeah. And we got oh. the Starling Girl, which is the deals with a fundamentalist Christian community in Kentucky who has become increasingly odds of a religious tradition and soon becomes a soon begins a dangerous relationship with a charismatic youth pastor. That played good in the drive-ins back in the day, not nowadays. So is that a Christian film or an anti-Christian film? I don't it's it's one of those southern exploitation films like uh what's that one bastard out of Carolina and ones like that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's not that's not uh produced by Pure Flex. That's what I would No. Okay, gotcha. And we got the mother. Oh my god. Jennifer Lopez sees a badass in the action film. Noir. Yeah. Fast X, which is what happens when you go to the well too damn often? You get Fast X. I think is, it is may be. The, go ahead. Is that the, the, the sort of like the continuation of the Vin Diesel Triple X, or what is that? Uh, The Fast and Furious number 10. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha. Only thing that got gotcha. good reviews is Jason Momoa, but everything else is bored. I think it may be the man with the golden gun of uh, the Fast and the Furious series. Yeah, but I like man with the golden gun. Fuck it. No, we like the last 20 minutes. Let's be honest. All the stuff with the sheriff and all that bullshit, the first 90 the first bit before he gets the Scaramanga stuff is utter bullshit. It's goofy, over-the-top, redneck, drive-in shit. Not good drive-in stuff. I mean, if you got your trailer into James Bond filming, good old Sheriff Culpepper's come back to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, that sucks. I will give you that. Yeah, uh, that's But what you I got mean. Herb Delishes, too. And he's and wonderful. Speaking of, this one wins the most pointless remake of, uh, two, of 2000, 2023. White Man Can't Jump. Why? I don't know. Why? About, about my father, another movie where Robert De Niro pisses all over his legacy. Oh well, at least it, at least it's not dirty grandpa. And this movie is the most controversial, and if you ask a certain group, the most racist, this hateful, anti-white film of the summer, and it's the most pro-woke film of the summer. 
You know what film I'm talking about? Nope. The Little Mermaid. Oh, well, of course. Oh, she's black. Oh, no. Oh, give me a break. The machine, which is what happens when you like to take a five-minute joke from a comic skit set and uh, try to turn it into a movie. This is like Sushi Girl. I like Sushi Girl. Yeah, but let me explain and you'll agree with me. The movie is pretty much crap. Chiba's good. But Mark Hamill comes in and just starts, steals the film and eats the scenery. Oh, hell yeah. And that's the machine. Who stars in that, by the way? Uh, Bert Keischer, Mark Hamill, and Jim Lee Kataro. So, so Hamill. Hamill does it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And we got the Boogeyman. Wait, no. You know, this is you hurt my feeling. The one with Julie Reed Dreyfus, where a married couple begins to break up and then they get back together again. But yeah, the Boogeyman. Is that a a remake of the Uli Adele film? No, it's uh, a Stephen King adaption of a short story that has nothing to do with the fucking short story. Oh, boy. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, that, Even that's the movie I would... sucks, it's gorgeous. The first one was good and gorgeous. This one doesn't have Spider-Ham in it, so fuck them. Well, I, I will say that I do have uh, interest in that. Yeah. Okay. I haven't. Now we have Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Transformers: Rise of the God help yeah. us all. In the black, which has a great premise, and I hope they don't fuck it up. Actually, it plays on now on on. Uh, I think it's Netflix. It might be Hulu actually. Yeah, and, and uh, that that one I want to see. That one I definitely Yeah, like. it's based uh it's based, playing on the trope that black characters are always the first to die. Heck even the poster mm-hmm. says we all can't die first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, Elemental another crappy Pixar movie. No. And then the Flash where everyone went to see it because it has Michael Keaton's Batman. It has Michael Keaton's Batman. So you would eat like two tons of shit for like a little tiny nugget of gold. Yeah. Let me boot. And then Extraction 2, which is Chris Helmsworth being a badass, and it was direct to Netflix. And here's the movie that its release window baffled the holy hell out of me. Okay. Let's take a Wes Anderson film that got great reviews, did great in its first week out, theaters in half the second week. 
and it's coming. It's coming to. Uh, I think it's uh, Prime. It's on VOD already. Prime VOD already. Yeah, yeah, it's on VOD. But I'm saying it's coming to Prime in uh, in September. Yeah, but what the hell, man? But the hit, Uh, you know, and the one they put their money behind was Jennifer Lawrence in a sex comedy called No Hard Feelings, where she plays a struggling Uber driver desperate for money. Answering a Craigslist post by wealthy parents looking for someone to deflower their son. Oh God, oh, help us all! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Now getting back to Asteroid City, um, it that that that's the movie. That's one of two movies I definitely wanted to see this summer. Vicky uh, liked and, it, so that's all that matters. Your opinion don't matter on Wes Anderson. Vicky's does. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you always give me that shit on on Anderson. No, I'll give you that, okay? Big, yeah, uh, I'll give you that. And no, I, I, I didn't, and I'm not giving the movie shit. If I had a movie that got great reviews, this is me as a studio head, and did great its first weekend out, winning the per screen average, I would expand that motherfucker. Oh, not, I would too. Not take it to BOD as quick as quicker than me taking a poop after I take my medicine. Right. Well, you know the thing about why go BOD that quickly when when uh, you're going to release it free uh, on Prime in September. It makes no sense at all. It makes no sense. Still running here in the city. But you know, in places like Knoxville and and, and in smaller cities, not not gonna. It's not still gonna playing in Knoxville. Okay, it's Turkey still, okay, Creek. Well, that's good. Yeah, downtown West and Turkey Creek. Knoxville is not a small town when it comes to movies, Senor. Okay. Okay, but but, but, but it's, it's certainly smaller than New York City, and of course. Here in the city, in no Metro, one gives a shit about New York City movie wise anymore, Carl. No one. Well, what I was going to say no, is wait. it's only... Hold on, you, hold on. I was just going to say it's only running in three theaters. Thank you. You need to yeah. wake up. New York City don't matter anymore when it comes to movies. This ain't the 80s and the 70s. These ain't the days where you could sell a VHS with... Fresh from a showing in New York City and L.A. Very true. Uh, well, that's the whole thing about, you know, we're talking about Asteroid City and, and, and the releasing situation with BOD and that sort of thing. With streaming and that, it's all changed. It's never going to be like it was, ever again. Not yeah, except the only two interesting movies that are making any money, Sisu and John Wick 4, still aren't on any for free channels. And they're nope. saying the earliest we'll get John Wick. You guys will watch it for free and didn't spend the 20 bucks. I did. I'm glad. I don't care. Uh, they made a pretty good penny on They are still making money hands over fist with the VOD, you know, mm-hmm. with Sisu and uh, John Wick. But moving on, next is 
the biggest animated, well, no, we got to go to one of the ones I'm like, why go to this well again? Who gives a shit after all these years? And that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I mean, I was looking forward to this because it's Indiana Jones' last movie with James Logan Marigold, Mangold at the helm. And, and I, I think he's a really good director, too. He's a oh, God, guy. yeah. Um, but all this shit is this movie. Go ahead. What I've, heard of, what I've heard about it is that it's certainly better than the previous one. But it, it, it just doesn't seem to work for a lot of people. So, so uh, from what I've read, and, and also people that have seen it that I know, it's sort of split down the middle. You either love it or you don't like it. The biggest complaint I heard is uh, it's too damn long. And I think that's a big thing for films right now. I think they're going way too long. Yeah. Why is Sizu, I'm so excited about it, and it looks so great. It's 90 freaking minutes. Yeah. In and out like a rabbit fucking. Pardon my French, but yeah. Real, no, really. Action films need to really be like that, in and out like a rabbit fucking, you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay, we gave you the goods. It was great. You loved the characters. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And you got that yeah. rush still, and you didn't have that time to let that rush leave your body. While you're waiting yeah. for the next set piece. Yeah. But next is the biggest animated flop of the summer, which left theaters at the same week it hit, and that's Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Oh, God. I, don't, I didn't even know that fucking existed. That came out a week, period. Then it got pulled from the theaters because it was doing so horrible. Oh, so, so basically it's the Oogie yeah. Loves of the 2020s. Okay, gotcha. No, I think the Oogie Loves did better at the box office than Ruby. No, it, it didn't. No, it didn't. Trust I don't, me. I, I, I'm not sure of that, but I know the Oogie Loves didn't do shit. Yeah. Next okay, go is ahead. Insidious, The Red Door, which actually made money. but And it's really... Another fifth fifth sequel in a horror series that's loved. That proves how lazy us horror fans are. We want the same movie as we got before, only only different, but not too different, because if there's any changes, we're going to get mad. Oh, God. Well, don't you agree that's pretty much it, all of our fellow horror fans? Well, yeah, I have to I have to admit that to a certain degree. You go a different way with a horror movie, everybody just like goes, look at Halloween 3 or look at Exorcist 2 or, you know, any film that tried to uh, do something No, different. no, Exorcist 3. Let's not look at Exorcist 2. Okay. Except yeah, but, for that badass disco theme. 
Yeah, sorry. I was I was dealing with Noel earlier today, and he loves Exorcist too. So never mind. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is uh, Joyride, which is an Asian uh, gross-out comedy. And it actually did pretty good. It got the women in there. It got the Asians. It just seems like the gross-out comedy is coming back. Okay. Not that I have any interest in it, but good Speaking for that. Speaking of franchises that have outlaid their stay, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, the same movie with Tom Cruise doing stunts like he shouldn't have because he's a fucking idiot. Okay, now, what I understand about this one mm-hmm. is they're going... They're going comedy with this. They're going, they're, they're going with a sense of humor. Yeah, but that was still. A, eh. You know, I mean, I mean, I was never a big fan of that series. Uh, you know, the the Palma one was okay. The second and third one were good, but after that, I lost interest. No, the first, the the Palma one sucked because. By studio mandate, it pisses all over the original series. Right. Hey, let's take the guy that you loved as a good guy. All you fans that are pre-sold on Mission Impossible, then make him the bad guy. Come here. Ha, ha, ha. I'm pissing all over you. Yeah, but the second and third one were good. But, but, you know, the rest of it. Well, the third one was John Woo. What do you expect? Yeah, true. And, and so now we're on happened. the big weekend. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. First, Barbie. And Oppenheimer. Yeah, and Oppenheimer. Which I don't care because the only thing I see is Killian Murphy in a hat looking horrified. The best meme I've seen for that, it says, my Barbie standing there going, my product was first released in Japan. And then it just has <laughs> Oppenheimer like... with dot, dot, dot above his head. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, now now I'm, I I think we, we missed the film because we haven't talked but, about a film. We missed Bo is Afraid. That was uh, before. That was oh, in the late before... spring, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. But yeah, that you know, I love that because you know. Oh yeah, I agree. That that's a great meme. Uh, you know, I have an interest in Barbie. I'm not a Nolan fan. I'm not, I know Vicky wants to strangle me because of it, but, you know, not a Nolan fan. So, you know, uh, Paul Schrader posted that Oppenheimer is the most important film of the year. You know, I'm not Schrader. And, 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 yeah, no, I, I no, 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 it. you're wrong. Oppenheimer, okay. po- he posted that Oppenheimer is the most important film of this decade. 
Okay, the decade. Okay, not the year. Yeah, you know how uh, flowerly our dear Schrader is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And we love him too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, when I say flowery, I mean full of shit. I mean, never mind. <laughs> Listen, you, but, you know I've been Schrader fan, so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of okay. like the Harlan Ellison of film film directors. He just like doesn't waste any fucking time. Don't yeah. waste my time. And next is they clone Tyrone, which might be good if they don't fuck it up. I'm actually really interested in that one. Yeah. That one came out this week on Netflix. Right. And I do want to see that. That's on my list. Yeah, and next week we have Haunted Mansion, Disney's latest uh, attempt, desperation a shot, to make another film franchise based on an amusement park ride. But they've already made a, a Haunted Mansion, what, 20 years ago with Murphy? Yeah, but that right? sucked. This one, they're well, trying to actually like, make it more of a scary film. Hopefully, but I doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. No, there's no fucking way. No. What else we got coming? Uh, talk, talk to me. This Australian hit out of Sundance centers on a group of friends who unwittingly unveils malevolent spirits when they discovered by how did the conjure spirits Using an embalmed hand and take the game too far. How many times have we seen that basic setup? Like twice a year at least for the last 20? Yeah. August. Here's one that I hope is, oh, God, this one better be good. I'm going to hunt the director down and just beat the living shit out of him with a stick. The Meg to the Trench. No, I'll go beat the producers for making Ben Wheatley do this piece of shit. I'd be like, you ruined Ben Wheatley, you motherfucker. Pow, pow, pow. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You you got a personal stake in that one. You definitely have a yeah. personal stake in that one. And it looks fun, too. Well, let's, the first let's one was that... fun. Yeah. Let's hope that they, they, they keep that and Wheatley just brings this nice little spin with it. Yeah. And next we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Mayhem, another animated reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. Oh, let's make some money. Gwen yeah. Therese uh, no. wrote a movie, a movie about the true story of a teenage gamer whose video game expertise won him the opportunity to become an actual race car driver. Oh, please. And here's the one Uh, that I have the most curiosity about in August. Andre Orville Indahl, The Last Voyage of Demeter. Troll Hunter and yeah, Autopsy of Dane Doe. If you know those two, you know the 
Uh, Andre equals quality. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, uh, Jane Doe is fucking amazing. And so is Troll Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then I'm definitely interested in that. Place in something that's never been done before. The bit in Dracula in between when the ship launches in Carpathia and lands in England. Well, London. Yeah, yeah definitely interested in that. Uh, Here's one uh, that's going to... And, and what I was just going to say is that, you know, his visual sense that he does, to be on a ship and be, be, be on, on sea and that sort of thing, that takes him back to what he was doing in Troll Hunter, you know, and, and the landscapes and that. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, but if you remember, that was basically just like a one-chapter thing. And uh, Dracula, where it shows the ship oh, yeah. show up to London, and all the crew is dead, and the captain is strapped to the wheel. Yep. And we got back yeah. to the strip, which is the movie Carl wants to see because it's got male strippers in it. No. Yes. Nope. That's you. Nope. If Wesley Snipes <laughs> is an eighty-year-old stripper who, because he's broke gets this young magician who has natural talents to be a stripper to help him whip the old crew he's joined in the shape so they can save the hotel where they perform. Well, you know what? That's that's uh, Calendar Girls, basically. There's only been one so really good male stripper movie. And that's what Magic Money, right? No, The Full Monty. Oh, on the full Monty. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like that scene where they're here, that black guy's learning to strip and he belt slaps the guy next to him across the face. Yeah. That one's actually funny and witty and, you know, good. <laughs> and then we got Blue Beetle, another DC movie, which I'm like, eh, no. Yeah, I skipped over one. We got strays. It's a bunch of dogs doing dirty who do mushrooms because they're going after this guy who is abandoned by his deadbeat owner so they can bite his penis off. What? Yeah. What? It's called strays. Oh, good God. You know, another another mad, mad dog, you know, the pack. You know, no, and one it's other a comedy. Would... It's a comedy? Yeah. Okay, uh, you're breaking my brain here. Seriously. I'm hoping that they don't cop out at the end and have, and actually have the jerk guy get his penis cut bit off. Because <laughs> I've seen so well, many comedies know, like, if, if I'm going really to that... see that. If you really want to see that, then... then uh, you could, you could. What is that movie about uh, the woman that has the vagina dentata? I've already seen that John Wick about this guy and his dog. He just looks at him. He okay. says, "He goes balls." Ah, or once upon <laughs> yeah. a time in Hollywood. Yeah. 
Next, yep. we're at uh, I said Blue Beetle. Skip that over. Uh, White Bird. Boy, such a great title. I just want to see it because of the title. In 2007's uh, Wonder, Bryce Desire played Julian, the classmate who was expelled for bullying Jacob Tremblay's Augie. This movie, based on a spinoff novel of the novel that inspired Wonder, follows the story of Julian's grandmother who offers a phone tell you when he struggles to fit in. What? No, thanks. Lift! F. Gary Gray directs his Netflix high spirit about an international crew who are brought together to pull together a high-stake jobs on a plane. Mid-flight. No. No. No, thanks. I know. That's what 99% of the movies this summer. Usually, it's about 60-40 with us. Yeah. You know one movie I don't think you mentioned? Or, or maybe we're going to get into that. But what? the movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago about uh, uh, the pedophile... Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot that. I got to talk. We got to talk. I was waiting to talk about that separately because there's so much bullshit on transferring this film. And, yes, I I think the movie's stupid, and no, I'm not a pedophile. And if any of you MAGA pricks want to call me a pedophile, I will fucking verbally stick my boot so far up your ass that you'll be tasting my shoe for a fucking month. <laughs> it's sound of freedom. So I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's my Steven. That, there you go. Um, it was made three years ago, then shelved because the studio didn't want to buy it. Because Fox bought it, and then Disney bought it, and Disney said we ain't going to do nothing with it because... That's businessy smart business practice. Let's buy this studio of all these franchises and all these movies already done and not do a goddamn thing about it. Well, you know, the thing is, it really, really surprised people as far as what, you know, how uh, how much it's made. I mean, I mean, it, it's been a, an incredible boon to whoever finally got it. I guess it's Okay, and now we're even going farther back in time. The director bought the film back, and now we're going farther, farther back in time. Do you remember Angel Flicks from the 90s? Oh, yeah. They were this company that would take your movie and edit out all of what you considered offensive. So you could watch the non-offensive version of it. I remember that. Yeah, and directors are like, I don't think so, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that, they didn't last too long, if I remember correctly. Yeah. They're, they're James they're Cameron like threw them out of existence. Yeah, exactly. And you know what he said to him that scared him? What? You know where I learned what I'm going to do to you? They said, what? The Harlan Donut 
fuck with Harlan Ellison's school of movie raw suits. And they all went, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we love Harlan. We do. But we yeah, do. They became Angel Films, and this is their first big release. It's made over $100 million. How much of it is people buying tickets? I don't know. Okay, boys and girls, this is Mr. Stevens day Steven's neighborhood. Carl. <laughs> the word of the day is padding. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. That's why mine is twelve inches long instead of three. <laughs> yeah, but tell us. What did I, what how what does it mean when I say a studio pads the box off well, get bigger? What, what what you mean is is that uh, you know through accounting situations and that they'll take out some of the expenses and and amorphize them and so on and so forth so that the so that it seems like the the movie is making more money, right? And what they're doing with Sound of Silence is they are best buying tickets to their own movie and giving them out to MAGA associations to give to others for free. So not only do they get a padded box office return, they get padded seat counts. Yeah. And that's not that's not unusual uh, in in terms of uh, a Christian. Uh, now, Pure Flix has gotten away from that because they they've gone streaming. But uh, but yeah, it's not unusual. I mean, go back to the Ormond films or any film that that hit the church. No, the Ormond right? films is doing money as is. But this is the most blatant I've seen it. They ain't even trying to hide it much. And the MAGAs are saying, and this is true, if you don't go see this movie, you're a pedophile. What? Okay, okay there is so much wrong logically with that statement. Yeah, they're, sh- okay. they, they're, they're movie shaming you. Yeah, yeah, please. It's the same as, I'm going to rank this up there, and this is pissing on them. It's the same as if you get an art film snob. You've never done this, Carl. This is one of the few crimes you're innocent of. If you don't go see so-and-so's films or haven't seen all of so-and-so's films, you're not a movie fan. You're not a cinephile. Yeah, I know people like that. See, see, that's the one thing about you and me, why we always work together rather well, is because we've got feet in both. You know, we love our we love our sleeves, our exploitation. But we yeah, love that, and I can't too. find anything better that are stable. <laughs> but I'm very stable. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, I mean, like you're not a horror fan. You watch this, I'm like, what? You're not an exploitation fan. You ain't watch this. What? What the fuck is this bullshit? But yeah, they're trying to surrounding this movie with an impenetrable wall. Like, and there's and another story they're spreading is that 
theaters are purposely spoiling the theaters so they don't have to show it. Let's see. The lights come on, and the, it took them like 10 minutes to turn the lights on. That's happened to me before with a movie. Uh, the film broke. You know, their problem with the film files if it's digital. Done that. Done both of them. Yeah. And Carl's a projectionist extraordinary. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, we have kind of, what kind of bizarre problems have you guys had to deal with throughout the years that would make these look Make these things these people complain about look like kitty shit. Oh, well, well, let's see. Reels out of order. That was my fault. Uh, let's see. Number of, of reels uh, that were damaged that he had to fix. Uh, yeah. And so there'd be jumping and that sort of thing. There'd be all sorts of scratches. Uh, we've had, uh, we had one film where it wasn't my fault. But uh, one of the reels was of a completely different film. Oh, and don't forget another reason why we don't have complete prints of certain films of the 70s. Okay. The the projectionist would cut out their favorite dirty bit from the prints. That's one thing about Howard that he didn't do. You know why? Because he he would make sure that he did... Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that was like standard operation procedure. Or the stu- or the owner of the drive-in would order, you cut this scene out because I think it's offensive and it might offend our family audience. Yeah, and you ran across that a lot too. Now again, he was independent, so he just basically said, "Fuck you." <laughs> No, and they were doing offensive films anyway. You know, I mean, he was the one that was yeah. doing all the exploitation. And let's stuff. just bring up the logic: Why would a movie theater, in such a shitty summer when it comes to box office and movie attendance, screw with the showing of a movie, even if it goes against their politics, if it's making them the M word? Absolutely. It's all it's all about the green stuff, buddy. Always. Yeah. Always. I think there's a very good chance that ninety nine percent of their claims and all that are bullshit. But that's well, just know, me using logic. You know, I I can't say because of course we don't have the, the figures. We can't. We can't do the accounting. But you know the thing about it. Okay, so they have this one film that they're making a lot of money at. You know what's going to happen, right? They're going to yeah. make other films that aren't going to make shit because that's the way it is. Uh, you know, they they hit they hit a situation where you know they hit the, the they hit the roulette wheel at the right time. But but. Christian films only have a certain shelf life, generally, particularly things that are pure flicks and things like that. Uh, you know and, why? Uh, okay, go ahead. 
because Christian films like Pure Flicks and things like that, even Norman films, were made of their moment. And once that moment is gone or church's values change, if you know what I mean, I'm not, you know. No, I know. Like, uh, look at the difference. Go look at the chick track from 1970. And you will see some very hateful racist shit that would have gotten burnt in the state at least today. Yeah. You always have to look at, at at the time it was made in the context of that period of time. Always. And plus, Jim Clazell is a self-righteous prick. Well, you know, I've read that that day... You know, the person this is based on, uh-huh. uh, you know, he's saying that it's not, it's just about what happened to him. It's not, there shouldn't be any politics involved. There shouldn't, you know, and he doesn't really like the idea that the maggots have come come across this film and sort of like uh, taken it over. Um, you can have movies about pedophilia. There have been. Uh, but, uh, you know, breaking up a, a pedophile ring. But this all goes back to, to the maggot sense of, of Pizzagate and all that sort of shit. And, and yeah. you, know, you know, give me a fucking break. Seriously. And if we you get know, shit I, about this, you know what it'll mean, Mr. Maga? What? It's a boulder pebble running down the hill now. But if you go, you shouldn't listen. You should listen to this so you can learn to hate these people. I'm like, yes, listen to hate. Listen to hate. The boulder's just going to get bigger. Go on, do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You're right listen, about it. Hate, hate listens is... They don't, they don't have, like, in the... Blah, in the blog talk list where it shows your numbers. They don't have one for hate listens and one for love listens. They just have uh, listens. Listens. Oh my God. Yep. Oh, and in September we got another Saw movie coming out. Yay. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I saw one today. I can't remember the name of it, but it's Simon yeah. Pegg, and he's a uh, he's a uh, a real person, okay, real detective, uh, based on a a semi true story. Yeah, and, he's, and, and it's whatever his name is, and the talking mongoose. He goes to a uh, an island uh, off of Ireland, and uh, all the uh, inhabitants believe that there's this talking mongoose. And guess who 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 voices the talking mongoose? Who? Neil Gaiman. Uh, it looks fine. It looks fine. It looks fine. Yeah, but Gaiman is a pretentious prick. He's no Alan like Moore. God no, I ain't calling him <laughs> like Alan Moore. Hell, I, no, what? Alan Moore isn't even one. Because Alan Moore looks like one of them crazy motherfuckers who show up at your house at about 2 a.m. in the morning with a ball back going. 
Remember what you said about me, motherfucker? Oh, God. So, so let me say something about Damon. No, no, I don't know. We're going to get into uh, talking about this after SAG and, and, and the writing. Yeah, field. we will but, later. Oh, later. Yeah. But, but, but there is a great meme out there. And the first picture is of Sarah Connor. And it says, mm-hmm. the woman that you expected, that you expect to fight the machines. And then on the other side, it's uh, uh, Fred Dresser. This is the woman who is actually fighting the machines. Yeah. And, and, and uh, the guy says, apologies, Neil Gaiman. And Neil Gaiman writes back, no apologies necessary. Yeah, cool. I, we'll talk about something else that's a little cooler later, but first we're going to talk, they announced the April Ghoul's Drive-In Monsterama, and if I was there during the first night, I would take a, a hat just so I could put it off and put it over my heart with a tear running down my southern eye. And seeing what seeing this beautiful national anthem song of this beautiful of this beautiful heartfelt treatise on the racial mores of uh, the South versus the North. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, Friday God, night, what a great the day. two mainstays are Blood Feast and. Uh, 2,000 Maniacs. 2,000 Maniacs. And then in between that, I, I, I want to look it up. Sorry. I don't want to move well, through this one up. No, go ahead, because I'll talk about 2,000 Maniacs. 2,000 Maniacs, when I started at the drive-in, that was on the first first weekend I worked I saw 2,000 Maniacs, and I just, I was in heaven. And then, of course, also that weekend, we had uh, my beloved Blood Freak. So, yeah. Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, 2,000 Maniacs, absolutely fantastic. Also, Blood, uh, Blood Feast is also his, too. Not Blood Freak, but Blood Feast. So, did you catch it yet? Yeah, I'm it? right here. I'm right here. Okay, uh, Friday it starts in Blood Feast and 2000 Maniacs, and then the great William Girdler, the Impulse, which has oh. Shatner. Uh, Shatner as a psycho. <laughs> yep. And in the late night slot, which usually is the asshole slot, but if you don't like this piece of bizarre garbage and you're the asshole is the best Bigfoot that it, uh, never mind I, it ain't a Bigfoot movie but it's Shriek of the Mutilated okay it's a Yeti movie give me a break yeah where you get to see uh, what's his name the guy who was in the Finley you get to see the, uh, the male part of the Finley's as an Indian. Get up. And uh, Saturday is a good, is definitely a good monster film. And it has 
when fishes fuck or humanoids in the deep. <laughs> God bless Barbara Peters. Go ahead. Even though she was pissed off as can be once they found out they put humping in her uh, yeah, that's true, but, monster but God movie. Bless her. God, God bless her anyway. And sir, second is the first part of put your hand over your heart and look towards Kentucky, Carl. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Talk the to great me. William Girdler Grizzly. First yep. of a, uh, the William Girdler double feature. Grizzly is the best Jaws, best straight Jaws ripoff there ever was. Mm-hmm. Well, well, a Grizzler bear. Mm-hmm. You know, of and course, next, Piranha is not straight, but yeah, gotcha. Speaking of, and next is the best. Comedic Jaws <laughs> rip off there is, ah. and that's Marana. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I need to be there. And uh, and Saturday closes with Leslie Nielsen fighting a bear without a shirt, a.k.a. William Girdler's Day of the Animals. Is that the one with the chicken? No, that's food of the gods. It's the okay. one where they go up in the mountains and I, all the animals just go buck shit for no reason. And they gotcha. don't explain why. Admission is $15 per person per night. Kids 12 and under three. Overnight camping available for $15 person by night, each night. And, of course, one of the best things about going there is the snack bar. Well, I would say Gene and the rest of the family, my family up there, but hey. Yeah, yeah, that too, of course. But the snack bar is just to die for, seriously. And I usually call one night where they get, like, a film that's so bad that people are going to leave as the asshole slot. But even the asshole slot is fun, especially if you wait for that batshit insane last five minutes. Yeah. By the way, Shriek of the Mutilated is such a batshit movie. I love that movie. Yeah, the only movie where they said, this fucking big Yeti suit looks like shit. It looks fake. There's a goddamn zipper in the back. What are we going to do? Uh, we'll make it fake. Goddamn, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly. what happened, but that's how I can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yep. at, there's this meme of this old nanny episode where uh, her boss tries to take her to uh, uh, a play, but the actors and SAG are striking outside of it. This is from the 80s. And her and her boss fights because she refuses to go in because her aunt said if she ever crossed the union line, 
that she would come back from the dead and kill her. And the grave was paid for by the union. <laughs> so yep. Fran Dreischer has been a union pit bull. Back then, we just didn't know that. Well, you know, one of the things I've read about this, okay, about Fran Drescher particularly, you know, actors who who are part of, of SAG are, are people that are in the forefront of everyone. And they're rich and that sort of thing. But she doesn't come across like that. In real life, she still has that Queen's accent. She comes from a, a working-class family. There's this working-class sense of her. And she's just killing it. She's killing. I saw her on 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 two news shows, and she just she's a pit bull that woman. And I'm I'm in love with her now. I've I've never been a huge fan of Fran Dresser right now. She's she's unbelievable yeah. what she's doing. What's unbelievable is the studio wanting to take extras and create AI clones. And they would own the AI, you know, the AI clones to use in movies for perpetuity. Well, you know, I need to talk about that, okay? Uh, A number of years ago, about 10 years ago, there was a movie called The Congress. That is based on a Stanislaw Lem uh, uh, novel from the 60s. Yeah, but who directed it? Who directed it? uh, the guy that did, uh, the person that did uh, um, waltzing with Bashir. Oh, okay. okay. And it's, okay. So, uh, in this reboot that they did for the movie, it's Robin Pettenwright. And she does that. She signs a contract that they can use her image. And uh, so, you know, it's real prescient you know, 10 years ago. Now they want to do it in real life. And, of course, if you watch the movie, The Congress, it does not end well. Um, it and, was prescient in the 90s, if you remember, when they were using Marilyn Monroe to sell Coke. Uh, yeah. Humphrey Bogart's image to sell in commercials to sell uh, batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garcia Marks to sell Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, and so so they want you know, to make the most money off their actors without paying them shit. Exactly. Remember, we bit we talked about this in y'all dropping amazement before. Forrest Gump is still not made a goddamn penny if you ask Paramount. Well, that's the whole thing. We were talking about that. With with our uh, um, pedophile movie, um, where you can cook the books however you want, which way you want it, you can do it. You know, my dad used to say, "Figures never lie, but liars figure." Yeah. Yeah. And plus, it's near impossible to get the real book, even if you are sued in the movie studio. Mm-hmm. It ain't but like with the old them. days in the mafia where the FBI could just run into the casino and get both sets of the books. Right. You know, uh, 
the other thing I want to say, I have a very good friend of mine. His name is Ray Laudo, and he's part of SEG, which is the Screen Extras Guild, okay, which is a sort of an offshoot, uh, but but under SAG also. And it's those, those are the people. ones that get fucked the most if they do that CGI stuff. Exactly. Because that's what exactly. they want to do. Yeah. You know? Uh, exactly. He, he, they're going to take away his livelihood because he makes good money. Makes good money being a, being an extra. He's He's been in over 30, 30 TV shows. He's been in over 20 uh, films, no credits, but he's an extra, and he gets paid, and he gets paid well. And what's of, funny uh, he, is the it's like uh, this might be a line for this is line not from my movie, but I know motherfuckers like this. They don't see it as paying an extra a daily wage. They see it as losing the ten cents that it costs. To pay the actor the living wage, mm-hmm. yeah, and that offends them. And you, and what they're striking about is you. If you're a writer, you don't get no even even get to sniff the glorious manna that is royalties. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the other thing about writers too is is they've always been considered the bottom the bottom of the pyramid. And so once they buy a script, they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Right? Yeah. That's why more and more you see you see these directors these writers becoming directors and saying, I I I'm only gonna sell this if I direct it. And yeah, that's why you, and how many times have you guys this is everyone. It's seen in sequels, and I quote, characters created by. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're like, you, I created the character. What was my paper in the second film? I'm sorry. You may have created the characters, but we own the rights to the characters in perpetuity. That, that, you sign that contract when you sign the check. Yeah. That's how they screw you. It's like, it's like, hey, Carl, here's like 10 to, hey, we did good. Here's $10,000. And then, unwritten, but I know it, my lawyer knows it, my account knows it, that once you sign that check and cash it, you don't get any more royalties. You signed away your royalties. Well, you know, that's exactly what happens with streaming, too. Because we have a lot of micro-budget people that I've talked to on, on, our, on DeviantLesion. And, and uh, we talk about a lot of, uh, um, pub, you know, uh, publishing and, and distribution. And I don't know how many of the people say that's, that's the, the area where you've got to be most careful with your film. Because once you sign a contract with Netflix or whoever, uh, um, you get no more money, none. So you know if they buy a film for fifty thousand dollars from you, and you made it for ten, let's say, okay, yeah, you made forty thousand dollars, but anything that 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 is transferred from there, 
and, and, and make some money, you get nothing. And you've got, you've got to fight that. So, so what's happening is a lot of these guys are doing um, self-distribution uh, and, and, and four-walling and things like that. So, you know, we're back to that. That was like back in the 30s and 40s you were doing four-walling. No, 70s, too. Yeah. Remember, that's Maybe how a Haliki made all his, made uh, a shitload of money off Gone in 60 Seconds. Right. I mean, they did in the 70s, too, but it goes all the way back to the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Bad, well, they call it road showing back then. Yeah. Well, it was basically four wallet. Sit down at the learning tree. Uh, road showing is you take the theaters there and you sell your books or whatever movie you got, preferably mm-hmm. has a little bit of nudity, and you would get a cut of the box office and yeah. all of the popcorn money. Four-walling mm-hmm. is when you rent the theater or all four walls. And that... <coughs> <laughs> the only thing the theater takes was the box office take. Anything what they would keep the snack take. That was the only thing they would keep. Any money made by people coming and watch the movie is yours as the filmmaker. Right. And they had, and well, if they wanted to keep yours a second week with four walling, they would have to pay you by week. Right. They're, they're, they're connected. Uh, yeah, there's a little difference. Yeah, between there's the a little bit. There's, there's a big difference between them, but yeah. But yeah, you, you've seen a lot of that. Uh, uh, Dan Kramer, who, who I've talked to a number of times, is doing a lot of that too. You know, and then there's the festival circuit, which really doesn't do anything for you monetarily, really. You have to pay to get into the festival circuit. Yeah. Though I want to take everyone, including William Mahaffey, your friend, who paid money to show Kids versus Aliens, the movie that made me so sick I went to the hospital in a coma for a week and just beat them for making me get sick and go into a coma for a week. And the filmmakers especially. Yeah. I was naughty yeah. to the day I died that the reason I went to the coma that week and ended up in the hospital for over a week and almost and pretty much was on a ventilator for about three days was because of kids versus aliens. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't because I was I visited you like three days before that happened. No, you visited me like three weeks before that happened. It was like October the 21st. Okay. Yeah, my cousin Anson come up and we went. But that also was a good fest because we had uh, something in the dirt, uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, uh, the the best horror film of last year, The Leech. And 
the closing was a film that William was afraid to show at the drive-in, and I understood why, and that was Society. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. He was like, I was afraid some uh, mother would drive by the drive-in and then see, like, the shunting going on and then raise holy hell with uh, the owner of the drive-in. Well, at least he had the balls to do it. He showed it indoors on the last day. (laughs) They had a great bumper sticker there, too. What? It was called, I'd Rather Be Shunting. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, guys like Central and stuff are really just not getting the the cream of the gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see the ones that uh, Central's got this year. Tell me if the, you know these are the ones that make, didn't make money or not. They got in, uh, everything everywhere all at once when before it was uh, – a big film and the big big theater snapped it up. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary, which is great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Bo is Afraid. The yep. upcoming reissue in August, which I can't wait to see and I'm going to fight to see, of Old Boy. That one I've never seen in the theaters. No, I haven't seen it in the theaters either. You know what the sad thing is about that, Carl? What? I seen Old Boy a year before it came out in the United States. A freaking year. Wow. Yeah, that's how long it took them to buy it. Wow. But yeah, the SAG actors and you know what they were doing with doing with the writers? They're not going to talk to them to September. They're trying to starve the writers out. They want the writers to be so desperate and starved for not having any money from not working that they'll acquiesce to whatever the hell they want. Well, I, I think very much so this is why SAG actors decided to strike too. In, in, in the support. Well, I think yeah. that really is part of it, too. Yeah. So, hopefully that'll work out um, in, in, in the union's favor. And since you got a chance to watch it since the last time we talked, which is many moons ago, what did you think of... Uh, Dead Ringers, the remake series. Well, you know, what's the title of this? Man. Some of them, man. Did you get to see Infinity Pool yet? It's on uh, Hulu. And uh, it's the other one that Central got. What do you think? I liked it. it is, yeah. <laughs> I say that with with trepidation. 
that goes into places that I didn't really expect and I don't want to go to again. Yeah. But the yeah. main thing is, is that the people there, the elite at the resort, discover a way to do what evil, ever evil, illegal shit they want and get away with it. Yeah. But what is the way? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I call. To say the least. You know, that's a movie that I really connect to society. I mean, I mean, in terms of the politics of it and so on and so forth, how, how it looks at the elites and the non-elites. Yeah, that's really and, why it didn't get much of a... Uh, much traction when it was first released. It got a lot of good critical response. Yeah, but, but not, it but was not too much. Uh, low. Not much audience participation in that. You know, people didn't go yeah. see it. What happened was, it was too political for its own good, and that's that's, and that's why we love it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is, uh, this is too political. That, that, to me, is the best movie of the year so far. Yeah. Well, mine is a little Polish film that we've seen. Well, well that, that one's up there, too. But, you know, that was released years ago, but not here in the U.S. So. Right. So it counts because it was released this year in the U.S. Right. I can see that. If that if, if I'm going by your specifications, I would put that probably two or three. Um, yeah. I did. I, you know, I mean, I have not watched a lot of films this year, not in terms of new ones. Um, and there's a lot I haven't seen yet either, which I'll, you know, well, the same the year here. Mm-hmm. But the only really big one I haven't seen that hasn't come out yet is uh, Sisu. Well, for me, Bo is just great. I'm waiting for that to, to, to hit uh, streaming. Yeah, I'm I determined to hate or be bored shitless by it, so I'll give it a pass like I did his other two pieces of crap, especially his Wicker Man ripoff. Fuck you. It's not a good movie. It's a boring, overlong ripoff of the Wicker Man. And if you don't like it, that, you can take the I ball cop bear cost. What? I I wasn't real fond of it either. And I mean, you it was like interesting. What I said you can take the bear costume and stick it up your ass. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't like Wes Anderson's films, but the way that they have done Meteor City, and it's been doing good box office. Asteroid City. Asteroid, Asteroid City. Asteroid City. Just makes you go, the fuck? You guys are making money, and you ain't going to do one. That makes no yeah. sense. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean all those people get one to give you money didn't like it. They're giving you money. It's like I've always said, you know, Standing out with the big water bills. I want to give you money. Why don't you want mm-hmm. my money? Why don't you want nah. it? Seriously. 
Oh, and the biggest disappointment this year, dun, dun, dun. Evil Dead Rise. It's okay. It just needed a cabin and a little bit more silliness. It was too serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not seen it, so. you I mean, the whole apartment building is rusty and grungy as uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Wow. Talking about the look. Right. And Joe Bob's is already over this season. And part of me wonders if that's because of the SAG thing or I don't know why. This has been a very short, broken half season. They showed like four episodes. Broke it, then come back and showed like maybe three more episodes, I think. Okay, well, let's. There's one thing I do want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really talked about TV shows, but I did watch all of Black Mirror. And unfortunately, it's it was spotty this year. It was one of their gimmick seasons. Well,. Now they're talking about doing a, a, a red mirror, which is going to be their horror series. And so two of the black mirrors were really horror this year. But the interesting one is Joan is um, Joan is Terrible, which was the first episode, which goes into the whole thing about about uh, uh, the SAG-AFTRA uh, thing of uh, signing your contract and, and they can use your... your image but in this case they can use your life and and put the image of somebody else on it and and, and you did and, and you and you like that that actually was really funny it was uh i tell you why Fuck because you. salma hyatt salma hyatt plays is, is, is the person that they're using her image in this and she comes Fuck in you. and she she kills. And you chewed out the amazing so story. Hey, shut up! And you chewed out the amazing stories version of the secret cinema. But you like that shit on Black Mirror. Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not the secret cinema. Yeah, it's, it's a, shit. No, it's not. No, it's secret not cinema it's, is good. This oh, is I, shit. I love the original. No, yeah, I but love the it. remake is good too, just because it has uh, 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 Paul Bartel calling the director a fucking idiot. Yeah, along with Mary Warrenoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sorry, but uh, Paul Warrenoff, even as his lease, is better than anything that Black Mirror has ever done. Well, I'm not disagreeing with that. I love them both. You know that. No, you are disagreeing by liking a ripoff of one of his better works. It's not a ripoff. I'm telling you because the main it's a rip the off. main person that the the, if the you like people that it's attacking is Netflix. Not a it's attacking Netflix. It's attacking Netflix. Okay, like and I said, really if you are like something, you'll deny it's a ripoff, even if you had the original script side by side to each other. And they were both the same beat for beat. So, hmm. This is not the Truman Show. 
which is basically a, a, a ripoff of, of Secret. I'd rather watch the Truman Show than fucking Black Mirror. I like the Truman Fuck Show, you. by the way. I like the Truman Show. Anyway, uh, uh, then I didn't want anyway, to this has been pretty fun actually talking again. Yeah. Seriously. And folks, and find the, a good. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. By the way, I, I just wanted to let you know, last night we did a commentary watch of a movie, and, and I won't even mention what it is. Uh, what but, is it? Uh, just it was all, it. Okay, so it was uh, Black Snake Moan, and the whole thing is in Tennessee, and the two main characters want to go to Knoxville. No, it's in Mississippi. It's, no, One character no, it is from Knoxville, no, but it's, it's Tennessee. It was filmed in Memphis. We just went through this. Yeah, it was filmed in Memphis, but it takes place in Mississippi because it's about the okay. Delta Blues. Well, it's about the Blues, but the Blues are in, in Tennessee too. But anyway, anyway, there, there there are several lines. You know, we want to go to Knoxville. We want to escape the Knox. Uh, we, yeah, we're just, that's but, yeah, that's. Me, yeah, that's why, because they're in fucking Mississippi, and they want to get the fuck out of there. But here's the thing, <laughs> the, the Delta whole, the whole Blue, wait, wait, let me finish Okay. uneducated one. The Delta Blues is a hell of a lot different than Memphis Blues. Same as Memphis mm-hmm. Blues is a hell of a lot different than Nolan's Blues. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already know that. I already know that. Yeah, but, uh, it was it was filmed in Memphis, but and Craig Brewer is a Memphis boy, but it was yeah. supposed to take place, you know, in the Delta. Yeah, but it's all filmed in. But the one thing is, every time they said this, that, oh, hold on, Stephen. Every time they said that, both Rachel and I were just saying, "We're going to go see Stephen." They're going to yeah. go see Steven. So, so and it has the second greatest angry Samuel Jackson face ever. The second greatest <laughs> next to Django Unchained. Oh, listen. He, we mentioned through that, just him acting through his eyes. I mean, just the eyes, just the fucking stare. Stare was just beautiful. Uh, we're doing a whole summer thing, and, and, and Rachel picked that film. And 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 it was a great pick. No. So there you go. Just wanted to mention that that we thought of you last night. A lot. And we will be back watching movies. Uh, this to prepare you for. We're going to watch Ivan Passer's masterpiece of 1981, which really could be considered one of the last of the 70s noirs. The first, the, the line to change is uh, uh, not Body Heat, because that one is definitely got the 70s noir vibe. It's probably against all odds. Party people fucking in party places and noir places. Yep. The only reason I bring up against all odds is it has uh, what James Woods like taking his fingers like, I fingered her last night. I fingered her. You don't believe me? Smell. <laughs> Too oh, bad he turned James out Ford. to be such a Republican douchebag psycho. Yeah, but we still love him anyway. Yeah. 
And good night. Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. And don't do anything stupid. Or don't get <laughs> well, caught. Exactly. Um, what the ends have Stephen. planned, though? What the ends have planned for the weekend? Okay, so so come, uh, tonight, <laughs> Adam is going to be on Catholic Ray Mission. And they're doing a British uh, uh, comedy. I forget what it was. I don't have it in front of me. On Saturday, I will be doing a music show. Uh, and and I'm doing a monthly show of new music to me. Because I've got, I've got YouTube Premium and I use the music app to find new stuff. And trust me, there's a lot of good stuff there. And then Sunday TC is going to be doing his show. And it's all about songs about clothes. Uh, so that's what we have going on so far. And on Tuesday, if he doesn't do the generic, if he doesn't do the most obvious one, then he should be slapped. Which is the most obvious one? Itty bitty teeny weeny yellow polka dot. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be doing that because he hates that song. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, there's not that many. Unless you bring open the opening song to uh, my favorite music with J- Edward James Olmos. Okay. You bring on the zoot suit. He looks so flashy. Oh, yeah. Zoot suit. Well, well, well he, I could tell you that he's going to do zoot suit right. I guarantee you that. He's a Setzer fan. Uh, I can guarantee that. Except that um, wasn't Brian Setzer. That was a big bad voodoo daddy. Okay, big. Well, he's also a big fan of them too. Yeah, okay. the swing uh, revival. But on 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 Tuesday, I will tell you this: that we're doing another summer movie uh, commentary watch, and we're going to do one that I think you really like. And if you wanted to, you'd be welcome to come on. And that's Crawl. We're going to be doing Crawl. The last the good the movie that director, that director did. That's a damn good movie. Yeah, what happened to him after that? It's like after that, he's like, I'm just going to make this crap. Well, that's, so that's Alexandra Aja. Aja. Well, Aja. Aja, I guess it is. Hold on. Let me just check something. Carl likes his stupid... Carl likes his stupid mispronunciations, uh, folks. It's not that he doesn't know how to say it. He just, when he gets like one version of a name in his head, that's what he says it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt, that's true. That is absolutely true. Even when he's bald-ass wrong. Right, valuable. How many times have I said that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the only other movie that he's done since Crawl is Oxygen, and that did not work. That's because it didn't have the sweet song in it. Mm-hmm. But Crawl is really good. I went to the theater on that, and that's one of only two movies I can think of where the audience actually stood up and applauded at the end of it. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, good night, everybody, and keep on enjoying your summer, unless you're in Tennessee, and then pray it doesn't rain that much and stay cold. Yeah.
Definitely. All right. Thanks, Stephen. Oh, really and one it. thing that I forgot, this is the last. Carl lived in hardware for about a day this summer. That's true. He was looking for Iggy. He was looking for Lemmy driving a taxi. <laughs> yep, I, I was. I couldn't find him, though. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Goodbye. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Oh, good night, sweetheart, good night.